Let us begin with John chapter 4, verse 24. John chapter 4 and verse 24. The Bible says, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Praise God. God is a spirit. Jesus himself made the statement. This is how we should conceive of God in his original essence. In other words, if somebody says, what is God? How should I imagine God? Jesus gives us the answer. God is a spirit. Praise God. Amen. So the spirit of God is everywhere. We call this omnipresent. It means everywhere the spirit of God exists. There is no place in existence where the spirit of God does not exist. Praise God. In fact, King David was a man who put it so beautifully in the book of Psalms, chapter 139, verses 7 and 8. Psalm chapter 139, verses 7 and 8. David said, if I ascend up into, no, whither shall I go from thy spirit? In other words, where shall I go from your spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? Praise God. If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, in hell behold, thou art there. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. God is a spirit. He is everywhere. This thought should comfort us. Because we are not trying to run away from God. It was foolish for Adam and Eve to think they can hide from God. How can you hide from God? When God is everywhere. Praise God. In addition to the spirit of God being everywhere, the spirit of God is also all powerful. We say omnipotent. The spirit of God has all power. You see, the first part I'm dealing with now is basically how should we imagine the Holy Spirit? What do we mean when we talk about Holy Spirit. Amen. So, the Spirit of God is all-powerful. Because the Bible says the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters during the creation week. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. When God was going to create, he creates with his word because the Bible said, God said. Let there be light. But Genesis 1 2 said, the Spirit of God moved. That's why, if you remember last week's Bible study, I said it is biblically correct to say that God is Word and God is Spirit. Amen. No contradiction. 
So the Spirit of God moved, hallelujah, amen, upon the face of the waters. We also know that the Spirit of God resurrected the long dead army of Israel in the valley of dry bones in the vision of Ezekiel. How long were these bones dead? The Bible said they were very dry. They could have been there for hundreds of years. But let's look at what Ezekiel chapter 11 and verse 5 says about what the Spirit of God can do. Praise God. Ezekiel chapter 11 and verse 5 says, And the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me and said unto me, Speak, thus saith the Lord. Thus have you said, O house of Israel, for I know the things that come into your mind, everyone. Sorry, this scripture is not for the valley of dry bones, but this scripture is about the fact that the Spirit of God also would come and inspire the prophets. So we are talking about the Spirit of God being active in creation, the Spirit of God being active in the resurrection, and also the Spirit of God was what inspired the prophets to know about the future or to bring judgment or to correct the people of God. All was done by the Spirit of God. Praise God. So let's understand this first. We know all of this. We are talking about the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we take it for granted when we speak about Spirit, Holy Spirit. But we need to study. We need to understand what we're talking about. And I started by saying, God is a spirit. You know why Jesus had to say, say this? Whom was Jesus saying this? Jesus is saying this to a Samaritan woman. Because people who were not Jews, they did not know God. They were confused about God. This woman believed that God could be worshipped in that mountain in Samaria. Till today, the children of the Samaritans, they live in the same area and they believe the same thing. So Jesus has to teach the Gentiles. The Samaritans were half Gentiles. The basic things. Amen. Jesus is gentle. He came into this world not only to teach the Jews. He came to teach the Samaritans. God has no enemies. He loves everyone. He made everyone. So how wonderfully he thought. He said, woman, she's a sinner woman. She doesn't have a good reputation. But listen, when we come to people, we don't ask them, what is your background, your record? What have you done or not done? Our job is to tell them about the God who can save them. Amen. We have to tell them about who God is, how he expects us to worship him. That's what's required. We don't gossip about people. We don't uh, try to put some dirt upon them. This is not the spirit of Jesus. Jesus did not uh, talk about these things to this woman. He only began to tell her about her life to convince her that he is not some ordinary person. He knows all about her life. So Jesus taught her, God is a spirit. Hallelujah. If you want to please God, 
you have to learn to operate in the spirit. Hallelujah. Our God is a God who is known in the spirit. Praise God. We have to feel his spirit. We have to communicate with him in the spirit. We have to touch him in the spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Not everybody on this earth felt the hand of Jesus touching them. Very few people. But even Jesus said, it is better that I go away and send the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's better. Some people think, oh, it's better to have been with the flesh of Jesus. No, Jesus is saying it's better that he goes away and sends the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Can we believe this? Can we say amen? Hallelujah. We are still apostolic Pentecostal. Hallelujah. We are Pentecostal. Amen. We believe in the spirit. Amen. We believe in the fire of the Holy Ghost. We will never lose the fire. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Once you have tasted the fire, you have been burned by the fire. You will never be the same. You will always go back looking for the fire. Christianity without fire is not worth living. Amen. In Jesus name. May God give us his fire again and again and again. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. When the fire of God comes, it will burn everything. Is there problems in your life? Maybe you need to catch fire. Hallelujah. And when you finish burning, you'll say, what problem? What issue? You know, when farmers sometimes get tired of all the rubbish, you know, they just rake everything together. Set it on fire. Praise God. Finish with it. Praise God. Sometimes you need to gather all the rubbish which is coming in your life. And hallelujah, go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm ready. Hallelujah. Send the tongues of fire. Praise God. Let uh, this temple catch fire in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And as he burns, he burns, he burns. Sometimes your problem will burn away in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it just talked. Are a few things that the Holy Spirit does. Who is the Holy Ghost? God is the Spirit. Don't try to imagine God with some image, with some picture, because God is a Spirit. He's everywhere. David said, you are in heaven. You're in hell. How can you imagine such a God? Just close your eyes and feel the Spirit of God. Don't try to see something Feel something in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. When God made Adam, he breathed into, Ad, into Adam the breath of life. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. He breathed into him the breath of life. Let's all look at Job chapter 33 verse 4. This is a very important scripture when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Job chapter 33 verse 4 says, The Spirit of God hath made me and the breath of the almighty hath given me life. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Is there a contradiction? Hallelujah. No contradiction. God is word and God is spirit. Hallelujah. So the spirit of God hath made me and the breath. Somebody say breath means spirit. Ruach. Of the Almighty had given me life. What this means is that God imparted a portion of his own spirit into humans. Ah, 
Isn't that an amazing thought? Don't let anybody tell you that you are worthless. You have no value. The only creatures of in whom God breathed of his own spirit is us. We are valuable to Jesus. That's why we tell you, please read your Bible. Because if you just read newspapers and see the news, you will feel that human life is not worth anything. But when you read the Bible, the God who made us will show you, remind you, prove to you, hallelujah, how much he loves you. He did not breathe of his spirit into the majestic lion. He did not breathe his spirit into a dinosaur. He did not do it to an elephant. Although these creatures are bigger and more powerful than us. But he breathed of his spirit to you and me. Praise God. We are special for God. We are special for God. And he wants to dwell in us today. Imagine that. Sometimes I looked at Jesus and I said, why do you want to dwell in us? We are so unclean. We, we feel ashamed for you to dwell in us. But still he said, I will dwell in you. Amen. I will not only be Emmanuel, God with you. I will dwell in you. Christ in us. The hope of glory, praise God. This is amazing. This is mind-blowing. Why does God who is in heaven and hell and everywhere, me? I'm not even a speck of sand. Why do you want to dwell in me? Why do you want to make me your tabernacle? Because he loves us. Because he made us in his image. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Ah, oh, this love is beyond comprehension. We will never understand the love of Jesus. All you need to do is receive it. Believe it. Enjoy it. Immerse yourself in it. This is the greatest privilege we human beings have. The greatest privilege we have is not human rights that your government promises you. It's not democracy. It's not a passport. It is that the God who made you and I loves us. And he wants to live in us. Christ in you. The hope of glory, Paul said. This is a mystery. Hallelujah. Of the gospel. What is the end goal, Apostle Paul, of the gospel? Christ in you, that God will dwell in you. This is the end goal of God's plan for you. Wow, hallelujah. Why do I repent? Why am I baptized in Jesus' name? Why? So that Christ will dwell in you. This is the end goal. God wants to live in you. Rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Your king cometh unto you, having salvation. He wants to live in us. That's the goal of Jesus. I may ask you, what is your aim in life? And I will hear many stories. But God has one aim for us. To live in us. Hardly, to tabernacle in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise God. Can we lift up our hands for a moment? Can we close our eyes? Let's tell him, come Jesus. Fill me, Jesus. Oh, renew me. Give me another potion. Give me another infilling of the Holy Ghost, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Come, Jesus. Fill, Jesus. Fill your people again. Let the cup flow over, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I cannot get enough of your spirit. I cannot get enough of your spirit. Oh, come, Jesus. Uh, for this is what you desired. You desired so much uh, to dwell in us. Hallelujah. Ah, breathe in us, your Holy Spirit, again in the name of Jesus. Uh, Consume us with your fire again, Jesus. Ah, hallelujah. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, why don't you exercise faith right now? Why don't you just touch the screen in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. There is enough faith in this place. Hallelujah. To pray for you. Put your hand. Touch the screen. We'll pray together in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, you are not dependent on me to finish this preaching. You did not wait for Peter to finish his message. You filled up Cornelius. You were so eager to fill Cornelius that you did not even wait. You did not follow any protocol or program. Come fill somebody with the Holy Ghost right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come, Jesus. The God of Cornelius is here. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Breathe upon them the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, glory be to Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Say with me in the name of Jesus. Say, send, fill me with the Holy Ghost, Jesus. Fill me with a double potion, Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. See, when I'm saying that God imparted a portion of his own spirit into humans, this does not mean that we are divine. But what it means is that we are made in the image of God. Hallelujah. This is what the Bible means by that. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, Genesis 1, 27, the Bible says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Can somebody shout on it? People today are going in search of their identity, so-called identity. They are looking to grandfathers and DNA, and they are looking to surnames and places, brothers and sisters. Human identity goes back to this scripture. <laughs> Can we say that? So God, don't limit your identity. Who are we? Say we are made in his own image. That's who we are. In the image of God were we created. Hallelujah. You know what this means? In other words, because we are earthen vessels containing the spirit of God, we are able to have a unique relationship with God through his spirit. Praise Jesus. Do you know how wonderful God is that from the beginning he enabled humans to, because he gave us a breath, a portion of his spirit, we can know him. We can communicate with them because spirit communicates with spirit. Hallelujah. Spirit understands spirit. Deep calleth unto deep. 
That's why humans, wherever you go, they seem to be looking to the invisible world. They don't have evidence. They are not stupid. They may not know his name. They may build images. But let me tell you, what this activity means is proof that they are made in the image of God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. When we want to call upon the name of Jesus, we are doing what we were made to do. It's natural. It's unnatural not to talk to God. If you want to be whole, if you want to be healed, if you want to have a good life, don't deny your identity. Don't deny who you are. You are made in the image of God. You are made a spiritual being. You are made, hallelujah, to close your eyes and feel after the spirit of God, hallelujah. And he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He will find you. Hallelujah. This is why we can speak of feeling his presence. We say, I feel joy. I feel goodness. I feel righteousness. Hallelujah. Praise God in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I went to pray for somebody. Uh, you don't know this person, but this person uh, lost a mind. Is in hospitals, sectioned off. I, the first thing I did, because as soon as I entered this place, I knew there is spirits here. <laughs> I can feel the spirits. Uh, many is a psychiatric uh, ward. So as soon as I entered, I said, in the name of Jesus, I bind and I rebuke and I cast out every spirit in this building as long as I'm here in the name of Jesus. And when the person came, I just said, can I pray for you? And held the hand and prayed a long time in the name of Jesus. And the person told me, I feel peace. Smile. Hallelujah. <laughs> a smile which the person did not know anymore. This is the power of Jesus, brothers and sisters. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't lose Jesus. Things, there are powerful forces out there. I spent two hours talking to this person about Jesus. Praying again, explaining spiritual things. How the enemy attacks the mind in the name of Jesus. Ah, hold on to the spirit of Jesus. Be filled with more of the spirit. Let the strong man live in you and the devil has no chance. Let him bring 50 of his evil friends. Let him bring 5 million. As long as the strong man Jesus is in us, he died. Hallelujah. Go away in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Amen in Jesus' name. Don't accept a Christian life where you do not feel the presence of Jesus. You may say, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. When is the last time you felt the Holy Ghost? How do you know you have the Holy Ghost? The Bible says even Samson, though he was living in sin, he knew that when the Spirit of God would come, he would shake himself. Hallelujah. But when one day he shook himself, God is not there. I'll tell you how you know God is with you. Sometimes you will feel him shaking you. <laughs> Praise God. Can we say, shake me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, don't shake yourself if you don't feel like shaking. But if the spirit of God is there, I'm telling you, ah, you, you feel it. You feel it in your head, in your hands, in your nose, everywhere. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Praise Jesus, hallelujah. You should know, you should know, you should know. Jesus is in me. I feel his power. I know there is fire burning in me. There's no discussion. What else is burning in me? What is this power? What is this passion? What is this fire? If it's not the Holy Ghost of Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. This is what the Bible meant that Stephen was filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. When a person is filled with the Holy Ghost, ah, there's nothing better than that. Amen. Praise God. That is the most beautiful sight in this world. Amen. No, Hollywood special effects have a useless compared to somebody on fire in the Holy Ghost. Praise God in Jesus' name. Ah, glory be to Jesus. So we need to understand the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Today, I'm not just preaching doctrine. I am trying to make people want the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You can't just preach about the Holy Spirit and not expect that people get the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. I cannot uh, teach about the Holy Ghost sufficiently. You have to experience the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, hallelujah, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Now look at all of this, and if we are lacking, if we are honest, we always lack one or two. Somebody may say, I lack all of them. I don't think so. We always have something from the Holy Ghost, but we must pray for that uh, attribute or that blessing, that virtue that we lack. Amen. If you have a lot of love, but you don't have joy, may Jesus give you joy. If you have peace, but you don't have long-suffering, may Jesus give you long-suffering. If you have goodness from the Holy Ghost, but you lack faith, may Jesus give you faith. God, hallelujah. Amen. Give me all of these gifts, Jesus. Give me all of these gifts in Jesus' name. Praise God, hallelujah. The greatest and highest form of existence in this world is one where humans are filled with the Spirit of God. Can I repeat this? The greatest and highest form of existence in this world is one where humans are filled with the Spirit of God. There is nothing more greater than this, brothers and sisters. Because that is the last stage. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This promise, somebody say promise. This promise, God is not a man that he should lie. This promise is unto you, unto your children. Let's tell our children. Amen. Doesn't matter what they believe or laugh at us or what they're doing. Tell them God has promised to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And God is not a man that he should lie. Praise God. Hallelujah. God promises. He keeps his promises. Moses, Moses, imagine a man who should know about suffering. A man who should know about the hardships of life. A man who told God, now and then, ah, it's enough, enough, kill me. It's enough, kill me. I've had enough. 
Moses suffered 120 years of suffering. You know what Moses said? Do you know what Moses' prayer was to God? We find it in the book of Numbers chapter 11 and verse 29. Numbers 11 verse 29. The Bible says, And Moses said unto him, that is to Joshua, Envious thou for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them? Praise God. Think about that. Think about that. He wished that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Why did he say that? Because only Moses knew how indispensable the Holy Spirit was. He knew without the spirit, he would have given up a long time ago. He would have given up. A man who is called to live 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in uh, Arabia, and then uh, in Midian, and then 40 years with the children of Israel. That's a recipe to go crazy. Ah, hallelujah. Somebody says, Lord, I, I, you want me to go crazy? My spirit will go with you. My spirit will be in you. Praise God. As long as we have the comforter, the spirit of Jesus, you can go to Egypt. You can go to Arabia. You can go to the wilderness, the great wilderness with two million uh, spoiled people. will drive you up the, up the wall. <laughs> but God bless them, amen. But the spirit of God was with Moses. The spirit of God made him the most humble man on the face of the earth. Ah, oh, with God, all things are possible. It's not Moses. It's the spirit of God that was with Moses and in Moses. That helped him to tolerate, uh, to bear the suffering, uh, you know, all these uh, uh, complaints and murmurings of the children of Israel. However, God waited before sending his Holy Spirit upon all flesh. Because he had to first be manifested in the flesh. And reveal his saving name to the world. And what is his saving name? Let's say together, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. Joel chapter 2. God made, gave a prophecy through the prophet Joel. The greatest prophecy and promise of God about the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament is Joel 2, 28 and 29. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Verse 29 says, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. Can we say amen? You know, when God gives a promise, we must show faith by saying amen. Do as you say, my Lord. Do as you say, praise God. And let's come to the second subheading today. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6. Galatians 4 and verse 6 says, 
And because you are sons, God had sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. Do you see why I said Jesus is the Holy Spirit? Because it says here, we have received which spirit? The spirit of his son. What is the name of the son? Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Please do not be in any confusion. When you share the word of God with people, please tell them, brother, or maybe they're not here, brother and sister, but say, we're going to pray for you to receive the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost is not the third member of the Trinity. There is no such thing. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of the Son of God. It's the spirit of Jesus. That's why you ask for the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Praise God. If you ask for the Holy Spirit in any other name, you will never be baptized in the Holy Ghost. But Jesus is Holy Spirit. The Spirit in Jesus. Amen. When we say Jesus, we are speaking about the Spirit in the flesh. We talked about this last week. What is the name now of this one God? His name is Jesus. Praise God. And this Jesus said he will send his spirit in his name. Ask for the Holy Spirit in his name. Praise God. Praise Jesus. So contrary to the doctrine of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is not another member of a so-called Trinity. God is and has always been indivisibly one god is one but as paul states in galatians chapter 4 and verse 6 we have received the spirit of his son into our hearts oh praise god you know trinitarians actually believe that they receive the third member of the trinity into their hearts a distinct or separate son who is not uh, uh, sorry, a distinct God who is not the Son or the Father. So they actually believe a third God whose name is Holy Spirit, who is not Jesus, who is not the Father, enters into them. I really was amazed when I was sharing the revelation of the Holy Spirit with the pastor from Nepal. Because the moment I told him about the Trinity, he immediately... Uh, he interrupted me. He said, uh, you know, in India, we, there is in Hinduism, there is a similar concept called Trimurti. He immediately saw the connection. They also say something similar. There are three or one. Hindus who believe in 33 million gods will still tell you that they have one God. So the Bible in Deuteronomy 6, 4, Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 32, we will never get tired of these scriptures. How can you get tired of the most important and the greatest of all commands, which saves souls? People are often not saved because they don't respect these commands. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Whatever you want to say about this God in terms of titles, he is one. He cannot be divided and his name is Jesus. It is very important to use his name. I talked about that two weeks ago. Why do we need to use his name? Because there is no other name under heaven given amongst men by which we must be saved except the name of 
Jesus. Acts chapter 4 verse 20. Receiving the Holy Ghost is about salvation. Baptism is about salvation. If you don't use the name of Jesus, you are not honoring the God whose name alone brings salvation. So we must understand God is one, which means that the Lord Jesus Christ is identical with the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is what the Apostle Paul meant when he stated in the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17, the Apostle Paul says, Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Please notice what he says. Now the Lord, somebody say the Lord. Question is, who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? He was speaking about Jesus. The Lord is that spirit. Jesus is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Did Jesus not say that he came to preach liberty to the captives? Amen. He even said it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Amen. What spirit is there in Jesus? The Holy Spirit. Through him, amen, we receive liberty. The captives are set free, praise God, hallelujah. That's why people need to live with it. There are some things that will not be destroyed in our lives until the spirit will come in. When the spirit of Jesus comes to dwell, to tabernacle, then he casts out these sins. He's the God of liberty. Liberty is freedom. I was talking to somebody who was talking about freedom. I said, what is freedom in your opinion? Freedom is not that I can do whatever I want to do. No. Freedom is I can do what Jesus wants me to do. That is freedom. <laughs> Praise God. Can we say amen? In the kingdom of God, that is freedom. If you cannot do what Jesus tells you to do, you are not free. Amen. We don't want a freedom where we cannot do what Jesus wants us to do. I'll tell you, the more you can obey Jesus, the more free you are. The Son has set you free. Ah, that's the freedom I want. I don't want freedom which says I can go and uh, do bad things and evil things. And, and after some time, you lose that freedom because the bad thing you're doing becomes your boss. In the beginning, say, I'm free, let me try this. And after some time, that thing says, excuse me, did you think you are going to come here and visit me for one time? No, no, no. You will be my slave. And you get addicted. And you are not free. And it can take you and kill you in the end. But when you come to Jesus, Jesus will set you free from addictions. Jesus will make you lose interest in sin. Jesus will give you new appetites. Sin will have no power over you. Sin will not be your master. This is the power of Jesus. This is the liberty that Jesus gives you. I'm not exaggerating. I know we should know what we are speaking about. Otherwise, the Bible would not be correct. I'm telling you, if I, Brother Paul, sin, it's because I forced it by force. 
But generally, the Spirit of God in me looks at sin and says, ah, no interest. Jesus delivered me. I have no interest. I'm not saying I cannot fall. I cannot be tempted. But generally, what Jesus does is, I don't have interest. My heart is, by the way, I don't go around afraid of sin. I may sin. Oh, I may be tempted. I don't have time for that. The way God's spirit works is God will make you excited about holy things. If a man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, hallelujah. All things, say all things, not some things, not 50%. All things have become new. Praise Jesus. This is how you know. Somebody asked me, how, how do you know? How does this happen? You will know when it happens. <laughs> Everything is new. Hallelujah. Even the grass is greener. The rain is more beautiful. Everything becomes alive. Hallelujah. Because the spirit of Jesus is working in you. Hallelujah. You will think differently. You will feel differently. You will speak differently. Like Zacchaeus, you will say, I will restore everything to all the people I've cheated. I will go and say sorry to, hallelujah. You will smile at strangers. You will pray for people you don't know. You will cry for people you don't know. That is when you know the spirit of God is working in you. Praise God. And I could go on and on and on. But if you have hatred towards somebody, if you have bitterness towards somebody, it's not the spirit of Jesus. If you're always living in the past and not looking to the future, because the spirit of Jesus is looking forward to the return of Jesus. Christians are forward looking. We are not backward looking. Amen. We are not like the wife of Lot. We don't look at Sodom and Gomorrah in Jesus' name. Ah, hallelujah. Come, spirit of Jesus. Mm, hallelujah. Ah, praise Jesus. Amen. May Jesus fill you. Praise God. There's nothing more beautiful than the spirit of Jesus. Brother or sister, don't. Uh, I was telling somebody today, please. Eternity is billions of years old. Billions, billions. We cannot compare small problems today with, with eternity. I can die tomorrow. You can die tomorrow. Don't waste your time on that which is not important. In the name of Jesus, shut the door on it. Keep your eyes fixated on Jesus who's coming back. Hallelujah. We have the spirit of Jesus. This spirit of Jesus created the world. That which created the world, the God who made the world wants to live in you. Jesus will look at us and say, is there anything too hard for me? Why are you worried about all of these things? Where is your faith? Oh, ye of little faith, hallelujah. Ah, can we honor him as God? Why did we ask him to come into us? Why? What do you want him to do in you? You want him to worry with you? You want to tell Jesus, come into me, Jesus. Uh, you see how difficult my life is. Oh, cry with me, Jesus. No, in Jesus' name. He's still God. When he comes into you, he wants to be God. But you have to allow him to be God. You have to submit to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Let him work in you. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. You know why God took one man and with the jawbone of a donkey, Samson, he killed 3,000. He wants to show them. He doesn't need an army. <laughs> he doesn't need a, uh, powerful weapons of mass destruction. God is enough. Himself it can be a weapon of mass destruction. Let God be God. Let Jesus in us be Jesus. Are you not in me, Jesus? Jesus can stop bullets coming against you. Jesus can stop, hallelujah, anything hitting you in Jesus' name. Please know who is in us. Hallelujah. Christ in you. The hope of glory. The strong man is in us in Jesus' name. How many years are we serving Jesus? How many problems did you face? Which problem destroyed you till today? I've overcome. I've overcome. Through my Jesus who is in me, I have overcome. And I will continue to overcome in the name of Jesus. Let the devil throw whatever he wants in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. I'm just preaching to you. It's not only doctrine of the Holy Spirit. You have to know why you should, why you should cry for the Holy Spirit. Why you shouldn't leave Jesus until you get the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because God himself wants to tabernacle in you. Praise Jesus. I hope God is building your faith in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you look to human beings, you will be disappointed. Look to Jesus. I have never looked to human beings. I, I never met uh, Jesus through human beings. I met him independently. That's why no human being can disappoint. It's impossible because I see Jesus. See Jesus. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. Even Jesus told the apostles when they said, Lord, what will this man do? The apostle John, Jesus said, it's not your business. You follow me. <laughs> follow Jesus, praise God. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but God is speaking to someone. Let's not forget. There are many people who will be listening. There are many people downloading. The last time I checked, I stopped counting at uh, some hundreds. Uh, Sister Hamanot can remind us how many people are coming to our website. So they, I'm excited about that. You say, why is that important? Because Jesus said, take the gospel to all nations. Amen. This is, it should make us excited. People are downloading from so many countries, so many corners of the world. It's really shocking me at how uh, the technology is working today. It tells you how many hungry people are there. There may be somebody at the end of some corner of the world saying, oh God, remember me, speak to me. And then God will lead them to this message, hallelujah, to let them know let the spirit of Jesus in you. Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus. Let the spirit of Jesus come in you. You have nothing to fear in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. You're in safe hands, praise God, hallelujah. So let's continue. We started this Bible study by saying, God is a spirit. Hallelujah. John 4, 24. The spirit of God cannot die. Let me repeat it. The spirit of God cannot die. Hence, when the Lord said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up, John 2, 19, these were the words of the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Nobody and nothing can destroy the Spirit of God. Impossible. How can human beings destroy the God who is in heaven and hell? How? The flesh obviously died, but the Spirit can never die. 
as we were talking about it last week, the blood is in the flesh. The blood was poured out. And the Bible says in Leviticus 17, 11, the life is in the blood. Amen. So when the blood is poured out, life is being poured out. So God, yes, gave his life for us, his son for us. But how? He didn't give his spirit for us because you can't kill the spirit of God. But he gave his blood for us. Amen. He gave his flesh for us. So it is in this sense, when we say, somebody say, but how is Jesus the Holy Ghost? Well, Jesus is the Holy Ghost in the sense of his spirit, the spirit dwelling in him. That's why the apostle Paul declared that Jesus has immortality. That means he cannot die. And he said, no man can see him. How, 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 how do you say that about Jesus? Well, if you understand when we say Jesus, we are speaking about the spirit of God in the body that belongs to God. The word made flesh. Jesus is spirit in flesh. The one God. So 1 Timothy 6.16 says, 1 Timothy 6.16, who only, can you say with me only? Isn't that an interesting word? He's speaking about Jesus, by the way. Who only? Who is the only person who cannot die? <laughs> All he's saying is Jesus. How? In the spirit. In the spirit. He died in the flesh. But in the spirit. Hallelujah. Let's make sure our theology is very clear. Amen. That we know what the scriptures are pointing to. Uh, what the scriptures are speaking about. Jesus was slain in the flesh, the body, but again by the spirit. Hallelujah. So uh, we need to understand this without separating the one God. So it is very important, hallelujah, that we understand how the scriptures refer to what Jesus did on the cross, to how can Jesus have immortality, uh, that he never died, etc. So all of these can be explained if we simply remember which scripture is speaking about what. So Paul is not really trying to separate Jesus. He's speaking of Jesus as the one God. He said, who only? Jesus only. And it's correct. Jesus alone has immortality. How? The spirit that is in him, praise God, that spirit can never die. That spirit raises up the dead. Amen. Including his own body. But if we continue in 1 Timothy 6.16, who only had immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man had seen, no can see. You know why nobody can see Jesus? Because the spirit in Jesus is everywhere. Which eyes can help you to see a God who is in heaven and hell? Which eyes? To whom be honor and power and philosophy. And, and, uh, and power philosophy. And we say amen. Praise God. This is how we know Jesus is God. The fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily in him. 
Hallelujah. So we need to scan this. We need to rejoice in this revelation. It's a fantastic revelation. It really, really declares Jesus to be the one and only God. And that's why Paul is saying, you are complete in him. That means once you have Jesus, you don't need anything more. You don't need any other. Nothing else is gone. It is all to him. It's gone. Hallelujah. Amen. So we need to understand this. We need to uh, rejoice in this truth. Praise God. And explain to people what such a scripture, such as this means. Amen. So the New Testament is peppered with scriptures underscoring the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is identical with the Holy Spirit. For instance, Jesus himself said in the book of John chapter 14 and verse 16, I'm addressing uh, this for the sake of Trinitarians. In John 14, 16, and you, you should understand why I spend time on Trinitarians because most of the people who would be hearing these podcasts are often Trinitarians and scattered in different parts of the world. So we want to help them. We want to bless them. John 14, 16 says, and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. So when Trinitarians read this, they of course conclude that Jesus is not the comforter. He's sending another comforter. But listen now. The next two verses demonstrate that Jesus was speaking about himself, that he was speaking about his own spirit. Because what do the next two verses say in John 14, verse 17 and 18? He says, and I will pray the father. He shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And then he says, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him. Just come on. Here is the first clue of who the Holy Spirit is. Jesus told the apostles, you know him. While he's talking to them, he didn't say you shall know him. That's future tense. He said, you know him. Present tense. Who do they know? They only know Jesus. In other words, the Holy Ghost was talking to them. Praise God. The Holy Ghost is in him. And now when you look at the last part, it becomes clear. He said, for he dwelleth with you. Ah, excuse me. He dwelleth with you. In simple English today, we would say, you know him because uh, he's with you right now. Ah, can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Let God give you the revelation in Jesus' name. In other words, you know who the Holy Ghost is because you know him because he's now living with you. Who is living with him? It's Jesus. And then he goes on to say, shall be in you. That is future. Shall be. But listen now to the last part of verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Somebody say, I will come to you. Who is this I? It's Jesus. I once asked a Trinitarian guy, with all due respect, uh, you do, do you believe that Jesus will comfort you? He looked at this verse in 18. He said, yeah, Jesus said, I will, I will come to you. I will not leave you. Comfortless. So I said, so is it such that... Uh, we are so miserable that we need two persons to comfort us. Yeah? We need uh, one person called Holy Ghost, but he's not enough. So Jesus also has to come. You, do you need two comforters? Is God so weak that he will give you two comforters? Doesn't make sense. 
if Jesus is sending a comforter, why is he coming to comfort? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. I will come to you means Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Who is comforting us today? Say Jesus. Jesus is comforting them, but they are giving glory to another God. Oh, Holy Spirit, please come. Holy Spirit, I need you. Jesus, please send the Holy Spirit. By the way, why will the Father, well, one God, tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please go down. And by the way, I'm sorry, I'm not sending you in your own name. I'm sending you in the name of the Son. This is confusion. If the Holy Spirit is God, why can't he use his own name? Why can't they, you know, one honor his own name? Say just Holy Spirit. All of this comes because the doctrine of the Trinity is not from God. In Jesus' name, may God wipe this doctrine out of the face of the earth. I don't say this lightly. The Bible says when the Lord will return, praise God, in that day, Zechariah 14, 9, there shall be one Lord. His name shall be one, praise God, in Jesus' name. We are doing the work of God when we turn more and more people away from such a doctrine that blasphemes against the one God uh, of Moses, hallelujah, the one God, Jesus, amen, in Jesus' name. Please, let's not show mercy to sin in Jesus' name. Let's not show mercy to error because it will lead people astray in Jesus' name. There is no Trinity, never has been. We cannot lie about God in Jesus' name. God is one, 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 forever one in Jesus' name. Praise God, let that be clear, hallelujah. So, coming back to what we are talking about, Jesus is the comfort. I don't want anybody else to comfort me, sorry. I read in the Bible about Jesus. I read how he sighed, how he cried, how he loved us, how he saved. I am filled with the words of Jesus. Why should somebody else come and comfort me? If Jesus cannot come and comfort me, I don't want anyone else to comfort me. Only Jesus can understand me. I love Jesus. I, I know Jesus through my Bible. Amen. Let him come. Why will Jesus be on this earth three years? And then he sends another God. What? Why were we with you three years? The apostles would say. But the apostles knew what he's speaking about. You know him. He is with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. 2,000 years, 1,700 years, the Trinitarians have robbed the glory from Jesus. They robbed the glory. Jesus has been comforting us. Jesus has been wiping away our tears. It says God shall wipe away all tears. Which God is this? The comforter. What's his name? Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give him the glory for this. Comfort your people, Jesus. It is you who washed away our tears. When we gave up, you came, hallelujah, and held me up. You never left nor forsook us. You, hallelujah, because of you, we are healed. Amen. And why should we give the glory to another God? He said his glory he will never share with another God. So please, amen. To those who are listening, don't take away the glory from Jesus by giving it to somebody called the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he will come in my name, in my name. Because Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. Expect Jesus to come into you. Who is in you? Say Jesus is in me. 
God, Christ in you. I asked the Trinitarian, who is in you, by the way? Which, what, what is in you? A person should know what is in them. Amen. Otherwise, you're in trouble. Who is in you? The Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Father. Which one of the three is in you? They're confused. They say Jesus went to heaven. So the Holy Spirit came down. Okay, let me talk to you straight. Can you answer me now? You have been a Christian many years. Yes. What God is in you? Who is in you? They say, uh, the Holy Spirit. Not Jesus. No, Jesus is in heaven. So why is Jesus saying, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. How is Jesus coming to you? What does Paul mean when he said, Christ in you, in you, the hope of glory? Hallelujah. They are really confused. They don't know who's in them. Some of them believe two gods may be in them. Only one God exists. Only that God is in you. His name is Jesus. Praise God. Amen. When Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there. What do you do with that, my Trinitarian friend? When you ask them, is Jesus in heaven? They say, yes, his body is in heaven. So how does he say, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there? How? It must be him who is there. Let's say now, one person through Zoom, uh, I'm gathered with you now from many different countries. You're, you're here from different countries, yeah? A person can gather from Japan and the USA uh, in, on Zoom in the name of Jesus. Uh, how do you think Jesus is? He promised where two or more gather in my name. Doesn't matter, Zoom or whatever, satellite, telephone, he's there. How do you think that's possible? Only if you believe Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Say with me, Jesus is the Holy Spirit. There is no other spirit except Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name. Praise God. So we know now who the comfort is. Use his name. Amen. The comforter is none other than the Lord Jesus himself. Now that we have established this truth, amen, that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the Lord Jesus, let us go to the last part. We will consider scriptures that speak about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say with me, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. We speak a lot about baptism in Jesus' name, and rightly so. But please don't forget, we also must talk about baptism in the Holy in the Holy Ghost. Let's go to Acts chapter two, verse thirty-eight and thirty-nine again. Again, the Bible says, "Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." The promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Once a person repents and is baptized in Jesus' name, Peter declared that the Lord promised you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Have you noticed that Jesus did not command you to receive the Holy Ghost? He said, You shall receive. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Can you command somebody to receive a gift? Think about it. Think about it. Imagine if I come with you and I come to and give you a gift and say, I command you to receive this gift. What kind of a gift is that? I can't threaten you with a gift. That's why the Bible says, repent. That's a command. Be baptized. That's a command. But then it says, you shall receive. 
See how beautifully the Bible puts it. Can you say with me, the greatest gift of all is the gift of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> ah, so beautiful. God will not force himself to force you to receive him. He will not command me to receive him. I want to come into you by force. He will not possess us by force. He wants to give us to him, himself to us as a gift. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. If that doesn't touch you, nothing can touch us. Ah. God wants to give himself to us as a gift. Oh, how beautiful. Can we? <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to give himself as a gift to us. We are so greedy for so many things. We want this, we want that. And the greatest gift is free. God is giving himself. Receive me, he's saying. Praise God. He always says, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive, hallelujah. He's gentle. He's the greatest gift in the universe. The God who made us. The God who healed us. We don't deserve him. And he's saying, make room for me. Receive me. I want to gift myself to you. Brother, sister. If you have not received the Holy Ghost, if you are thinking something is wrong with you, let me speak to you in Jesus' name. Don't allow your mind or the devil to confuse you. No one can deserve a gift. Uh, can I repeat this? There is no one. The moment you believe you can deserve a gift, you don't deserve the gift. It's a gift. What do you do to receive a gift? What? Nothing. It's a gift. All you do is receive it. Don't think you are not qualified to receive the Holy Ghost. As long as you repented, you, you are baptized in Jesus' name. God's gift is coming. You should wait with excitement. Amen. You know those little children waiting for gift in Christmas time? They get up. They expect there is something waiting for them. I don't have such a tradition. God bless you if you have such a tradition. But... We teach our children, Jesus is the, the gift. Amen. The greatest gift. But may God make you excited to receive that gift. Expect that gift. He promised to give you that gift. Receive it. In your mouth. Open your, 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 your hands. Hallelujah. Even now he can give you this gift. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus eagerly desires to fill us with his Holy Spirit. The first time I was reading the Bible, I realized this Jesus really wants to give us the Holy Ghost. He's, he's eager. He, he's impatient to give the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Luke 11, verse 13. If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, huh? good gifts unto your children, 
much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. I have a question for you. Do any of your children believe that they deserve to get gifts? No. They expect. Why? Because ah, you can't discriminate between your children. Amen. I expect a good gift from my father or my mother. Amen. In the same way Jesus is saying, we have the right to expect this gift of the Holy Spirit from the Father. We are his children. We have repented in his name, baptized in his name. Now, Jesus, us the Holy Spirit. Please, Jesus. Give me the Holy Spirit now. Give me my gift, Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus will give us. It's the greatest gift. The greatest gift ever because God himself takes up residence in our hearts. Who doesn't want to have God dwelling in you? Who? Again, it's a gift because we can do nothing to deserve the Holy Spirit. Jesus' Spirit enters us only because of his great love and mercy for us. Why do you give a gift to your children? Because you, they, they, you love them. I will never forget once when John, many years ago, 10 years ago, I went to the UK and I was living in the UK and uh, I came home and I had a little gift for him. I will never forget his face brighten up. He smiled and he looked at me because I told him I love you and I gave him the gift and he told me, Dad, Dad, you gave me this because you love me. He was so amazed just to say that. And I said, yes, it's true. We don't need any other reason. It's not whether you are good or bad. Like Santa Claus says, uh, have you been naughty or etc. Santa Claus's gifts are dependent on whether somebody is naughty or uh, All joking aside, the point is, our Jesus, he gives us the Holy Ghost as long as we repent and are baptized in his name. He will not discriminate. Do you know that uh, Peter did not expect Cornelius to receive the Holy Ghost? In fact, and you read what he told them in Acts chapter 11 when he came back to Jerusalem. You know what he said? Uh, who was I to withstand God? In other words, he was thinking he could withstand God. Uh, what? Listen to his words carefully. Since God gave us the same gift, gave them as he gave us, uh, who was I to withstand God? Excuse me, Peter, what did he say? Did you think you could withstand God to give the Holy Ghost? Uh, come on, are you joking, brother? You know, the mentality of the Jews was very dangerous. They really believed they could control the spirit of Jesus. So he had to come back to defend himself and tell them in the book of Acts. Simon can put up that scripture in Acts 11. You see, uh, who was I to withstand God? Did you ever imagine you were going to withstand God? Even when you were in Joppa, you refused three times. Did Jesus listen to you? When God gives his gift, amen. Thank you, Acts eleven seventeen. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did to us, who believed on the Lord Jesus, what was I that I could withstand God? <laughs> you know, it's a very strange uh, scripture. I realized at that time, this is a serious problem. I love my brother Peter, but he has a serious problem. In other words, he's trying to tell these Judaizers that brothers, 
If I could, I would stop God because we don't believe that these Gentiles did receive salvation and the Holy Ghost. Ah, God have mercy. My brother, didn't you preach on the day of Pentecost? This gift is unto you and to your children and all those who are far off. As many as the Lord our God shall call. Have you forgotten this, my brother? Thank God. Jesus controls our tongue. Thank God Jesus is independent. Hallelujah. Jesus will not allow a church to monopolize what he's doing. He will never allow an apostle to monopolize or dictate what he should do. Never, never, never in Jesus' name. Jesus is free. Jesus is God. Jesus will give the Holy Ghost to whom he wants. He will send whom he wants, when he wants. Hallelujah. Please believe this in Jesus' name. Otherwise, we'll be brainwashed by people in Jesus' name. Praise God. These people go and tell their people, oh, I tried to stop it. I mean, I tried to control. I tried to issue orders. I tried to bind. <laughs> it will not work. Amen. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Amen. If God be with us, who can be against us? God was with Cornelius. Jesus loved Cornelius. Jesus does not look at your uniform. But you're wearing military clothes or the clothes of the colonizer or occupier. He doesn't look at this. He looks at the heart. Nobody can tell him, what are you doing, Jesus? Who are you choosing, Jesus? Doesn't happen. Amen. God knows what he's doing. When Joseph, Joseph is a man of God, but he tried to stop his father, Jacob. No, 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 father. You should not put your hand upon this you should put your hand upon that one. Jacob looked at him and said, I know what I'm doing, my son. This is the spirit of God. Let God be free to do what he wants to do. Let Jesus give the Holy Ghost to it. Are we going to stop Jesus from living in who he wants to live? It's like Jesus saying, I want to live in this person. And he said, no, 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 Jesus. You don't understand. They are not circumcised. They're Italians. Jesus. Italians. You don't know. Let me explain. God have mercy. Let Jesus do what he wants to do. Let him, like Moses said, I would that all God's people are filled with the Holy Ghost. That all God's people are prophets in Jesus' name. Don't envy. Don't control people. Let the spirit of Jesus do what he wants to do. Praise God. Amen. See, all we need to do is Believe the word of God, believe the preaching, and the Holy Ghost will come. In Acts chapter 10, verses 45 and 46, the Bible says, Acts chapter 10, 45, 46, and they of the circumcision, which believed, were astonished, as many as came with people. Look, listen to the words of the Bible. They were astonished. Excuse me? You should be jumping up and down, shouting hallelujah. Why are you astonished? You're shocked. Why? Please listen to me, brothers and sisters. Sometimes, you know, when people are too long in the church, they begin to feel that they are very special. They begin to feel that they have some sort of a special privilege, some sort of a special right. No, please repent of such a spirit. Always thank God that he's allowing you to be in the church and to be a part of the kingdom of God. I never feel that I deserve to be in the, in the church. I never feel. I'm always begging Jesus, please. Let me come to heaven. Why do you think these people are shocked? What kind of spirit is this to be shocked? 
When Jesus gives the Holy Ghost, we should all jump and shout amen. But they were astonished. You know why? Because these people began to have a mind of privilege. They began to think that only they decide who comes in the kingdom of God. And their plan was not for non-Jews to come into the kingdom of God. They had biases, prejudices. They want to decide who will hear the gospel. Please, may we repent of such a sin. That's why I thank God we have a website. We give equal chance to the world. I never believed I would be in Nepal. I didn't know much about Nepal. I only knew the Mount Everest is there and uh, there was an earthquake not long ago. And I, I really didn't know much. And when somebody said, I'm baptizing in Jesus' name because of what I saw on the website, I have to go there. Wherever anybody will call, this is, I'm telling you, this is play, pray for us. This is my promise to Jesus. Doesn't matter where. If somebody's serious, I will buy a ticket and go there in Jesus' name. God is no respect of any person. He doesn't discriminate. If somebody loves this gospel and is willing to receive us, praise God. I came there when I met the pastor. I said, uh, you know, it's me you were communicating with. You saw my pictures. I mean, <laughs> so he doesn't get surprised. Oh, a, a black man. Uh, no, nothing of that sort. The gospel doesn't know black, white, Nepal, India, this, Japan, Bhutan. Amen. He wants to go to Bhutan. I know nothing about Bhutan. But I said, we will go if there is somebody who is seriously in Jesus' name. The gospel is for everybody. We must really pray, Jesus, give us love for the whole world. Give us love for every soul, Jesus. I sat with them, humble people. How much they, they showed love, welcomed me, received like an angel. Please, please, let's not close the gospel for other people in Jesus' name. This is a sin. It's a sin in the name of Jesus. We cannot decide who we will give the words of life to. Let Jesus decide. Take me. Where do you want me to go? Caesarea Philippi. Where do you want me to go? Samaria. Where do you want me to go? The, the road to Gaza. Where? Ephesus. Where? The man of Macedonia. Let Jesus decide. Don't use our own prejudice. This is not the gospel. It has never been the way of the apostles. We say we are apostolic, but we don't want to uh, share the gospel like the apostles. We want to choose who we want to give it to. God have mercy. I love you. That's why I'm fighting with all of you in Jesus. I'm not Nepali. I am not uh, Kenyan. I'm not Egyptian. But I love the Egyptian with all my heart. I love, hallelujah, whoever says, I, I love this gospel, teach me. I amen. must go face to face in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Love them. Be family with them. Every day we are sitting five hours. Every day they come to the hotel room. When they're there a long time, I don't want them to go hungry. They live very far. So the cost became very high. You will eat with me in the restaurant. They're poor people. They feel ashamed to eat. I told them, no, no, no. I am no different than you. You will eat what I eat. Amen. We will be family in Jesus' name. Because in heaven, you are my brothers and my sisters. I beg you, please, don't limit your ministry. We live in an age of globalization. God has given us 
schools. He's given us a website. He's given us WhatsApp. He's given us uh, money in Jesus' name. Why do you think we're in Europe? We don't need a big organization. God will use us. Amen. God will enable us. God bless everybody who failed to give. Jesus bless you abundantly. Amen. We are sufficient to do the work of God anywhere in the world in Jesus. I'm not joking. Praise God. So let's please uh, do the work of God. I, I'm sharing with you the testimony of Nepal too. I'm aware we are recording also, I, but I want to give testimonies also. Imagine coming down with COVID for the fifth time. Fifth time COVID. It went into my ears, knocked me out. I fasted, prayed. The doctor confirmed it's COVID. I came back within one and a half day. He, he couldn't believe it. It's gone, he said. It disappeared. I went because I felt it's gone. He did the test. He said it's uh, gone. Amen. This is the power of Jesus. Amen. There are people who got COVID one time and they are having long COVID. I've got it five times. Amen. No problem. Amen. I'm ready to go again. In Amen. Egypt also I had it. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, the greatest work we can do is to reach the world with the salvation. If we don't do it, we'll begin to fight each other like the apostles were doing in Jerusalem. If we don't obey Jesus, God will raise up Saul of Tarsus to trouble us. God will cause all kinds of problems to come upon us. But if we are busy to do this work, unite around this work, encourage each other, go into your city, make tracks. Amen. We have tracks here. Hallelujah. Let's pass them out in the name of Jesus. Let's also go abroad. Amen. Work together. I will be writing the report soon. Many pages of Nepal with pictures to encourage you. We'll put it on our website. I believe every year God must take us to two, three countries. Amen. In the world uh, to spread this gospel. Let's fast and pray. God will give us one pastor in some part of the world who will hear these messages and tomorrow say, can you please come and give us more of this? We will go in Jesus' name. We will teach this one person everything we know and send them in Jesus' name. Pray. This is what the Apostle Paul used to do. Find a Titus. Find a Timothy in Jesus' name. Find somebody. Ordain them afterwards. Let them go. Hallelujah. Preach the gospel. Amen. God bless Brother Lash. We are planning to invite the pastor of Nepal to come to Holland in October. And we will encourage him. We will bless him more. Hallelujah so that he will continue to take this apostolic revelation, who Jesus is, hallelujah, to his people. 30 million people of Nepal, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. So, this gospel is not only something we preach, we believe in it, we must be willing to sacrifice for it. We must uh, not live our lives and regret later, oh, I wish I could do more for Jesus. I always said, do, do what you want to do for Jesus now. And Jesus, if we pray it, believe it, God will open doors. I mean, but Acts 10, verse 45, 46, I need to bring this message to a close. I'm speaking from my burden. Amen. The burden makes us do what we do. Uh, bear the hardships we bear. Uh, this is how God works. Amen. Please, whatever else you get tired of in life, don't get tired of souls. Don't get tired of souls in Jesus' name. 
And they of the circumcision, which believed, were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter. You see, just as the nations of this earth have different languages, the Spirit of God has his own language. Can we say amen? Why do we deny God his own language? He is the word. Remember, the word was God. God speaks and communicates. The apostle Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries, praise God. When you speak in a tongue, why did God give us tongues with the Holy Ghost? Because he wants us now to speak a language which nobody can understand with him. Isn't God amazing? Not only does he come to live in you, but he tells you from now, I have a special language just for you. <laughs> you and I will speak in a special language which nobody else can understand. Wow, beautiful. Amen. Give me more of this, Jesus. Everyone, Jesus gives a unique language. You know what this tells me? Nobody speaks more languages than Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, you go to church, sometimes you hear so many languages in, the tongue, in tongues. Jesus has his own language. He doesn't want you to know what the other person is talking to him about. Some so simple. Imagine if all are speaking the same thing and we begin to understand or, or uh, the person is saying the same thing as me. No, it's private. It's intimate. It's between you and Jesus, your father. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So we are speaking in mysteries to our God. Speaking in tongues is the evidence that one has received the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts chapter 19, verse 6, 19 verse 6 the bible says when paul had laid his hands upon them the holy ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied hallelujah you know why sometimes people in addition to speaking in tongues prophesy because god is trying to show us he has the future under control Are you with me? he has the future under control we are so worried about the future but when the spirit comes, suddenly a person begins to prophesy. I remember in India, one person that we went to pray for before we left many years ago. The next thing is suddenly she's starting to prophesy. And I'm listening in Hindi and they were translating. Imagine a person who doesn't know much about Jesus. Just gets the Holy Ghost and begins to say, uh, pointing to me and saying, this is my servant. He will go from country to country, country to country, many years ago. Desh, Sadesh Jaiga in Hindi. Uh, we just came to pray for her before we left to thank her for making food. She starts to prophesy. So I'm not surprised when I'm going from country to country. God already told me, this is your ministry. Amen. So God prophesies because he wants people to know that he is in control of the future. And when it begins to happen, you will know that God already spoke about it. He declares the end in the beginning, as he said in the 
book of Isaiah. Praise God. So, will comfort you when you speak in tongues, you get peace, joy, love. At the same time, you also are comforted with the future. Amen. That you are going to be okay. God is in control of your life. Praise God. That's why I said I never fear that an airplane is going to crash. I was in planes now, a lot of turbulence, people screaming. I always say I know it will land safely because Jesus already said he will go from country to country. Amen. So this is the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus said when the spirit will come, he will show you things to come. Amen. So, of course, we need to be careful when somebody is trying to prophesy, whether it's from God or not. But do not forbid prophecies, the Bible says. Amen. So. The last thing I could say is the languages of this earth have become corrupt and polluted. We know it. But there is a heavenly language which knows no profanities, no swearing, no curse words. In the book of Zechariah, chapter 3, verse 9, Zechariah 3, verse 9, it says, For then will I turn your language, that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. Isn't that beautiful? Today we have many languages, but soon. Jesus will give us all one language. One God, one language. Praise God. The language of Jesus. A language which was never corrupted. No curse word, no stupid word in that language. The language of heaven. Praise God. Speaking this language will elevate soul. Hallelujah. But let me come back to tongues. Even tongues will elevate your soul. When you feel overcome, with the daily struggles of life, let me tell you what, what is a good practice to do. Just take time aside and begin to speak in tongues for those who are filled with the Holy Ghost. This is God's solution because it says it will be edified. Edified Edified means built up. The world tries to build you down, but the Holy Ghost is there to build you up. Jesus begins to speak through you and lift you up. Hallelujah. Do you feel depressed? Do you feel fearful? Do you feel hopeless? Try speaking in tongues. There's a sure remedy that flushes out negativity and replaces it with love, joy, peace, etc. All the fruits of the Spirit. Speak in tongues and edify your soul. Praise God. Finally, Speaking and being filled with the Holy Spirit is a matter of spiritual life or death. We must understand there are evil spirits who desire to enter into humans because they are aware that God wants to dwell in us through his spirit. Why do you think demons possess people? Because they want to block God from coming in. That's why it's urgent that we tell people you must... You must be filled with the Why that we mean receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, but don't just relax, think uh, maybe if I want to, maybe not. No, no. It's a gift. But you need this gift. Because if not, the devil is coming with something which is not a gift. It will force you. It will possess you by force. So let's look at some scriptures from Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 to 45. Matthew 12. Verses 43 to 45 says, When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, 
I will return unto my house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept and garnished. Then go with he and take it with himself, seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Please understand what Jesus is saying. When people are rebellious, they're wicked. There will be many cases of demon possession. But when there is righteousness, repentance, many people will be filled with the Holy Ghost. Remember King Saul? He was anointed with the holy oil of God. In fact, the spirit of God was with him. But the Bible says God left him. When he began to attack the kingdom of God, try to kill David, try to kill the high priest, Abiathar, etc. Please, in conclusion, don't lose the anointing of the spirit of Jesus. Don't lose the spirit of Jesus for those of you who have it. For those who don't, it's simple. I will pray with you. Believe God can fill you with the Holy Spirit anyway. I've heard of people sitting in the airport and suddenly started to speak in tongues. God can choose any place. Hallelujah. Let's conclude with Psalm 51, 11. Psalm 51, 11. Psalm 51, verse 11 says, Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. In Jesus' name. We pray together. Hallelujah. We don't have the Holy Spirit. Once again, reach out by faith. When we say reach out, touch the screen. You are showing to the Lord that you have faith. You are exercising your faith. We don't ask Jesus, oh, why should I do this? Why should I do that? When Jesus told people do this, they just did it and they got their blessing. You should show that you believe God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. So let's, even if you need to be refilled with the Holy Ghost, just stretch for the hand. We'll pray together now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord Jesus. We know from the baptism of Cornelius with the Holy Ghost. Peter didn't even lay hands on him. He didn't shout. He didn't scream. He didn't shake him. While he was yet speaking, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Lord Jesus, we believe today, as your people today join together after this teaching about the Holy Spirit. This is about you, Jesus. This is about what you desired more than anything. To, to give good gifts unto your children. Hallelujah. To give a good gift. That is the Holy Ghost. Come Jesus. Fill them now. Fill them now. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Pour out of your spirit upon all. Every soul that is here in the name of Jesus. Pour out of your spirit Jesus. I pray you hallelujah. Let them speak in tongues Jesus. Let them experience the peace. The joy. The righteousness. The holiness of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus name. Come. Come. Fill your people right now in the mighty name of Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come, Jesus, fall upon your people.